Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower, Lower Level. Level. Um, I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. And you just don't know how strong Jersey girls are <laughs> until <laughs> something bad happens. That's not the tagline, but I try. I was really wondering who you would actually be this week. I was like, be like Fallon's Medusa. Is he going to be like Marlo's showroom? Is he going to be Mama D and not give a rip? Like, I was like, who is he going to be? Um, I mean, stay tuned next week. I have some new ideas. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but we're not going to be on next week. Oh, my God. Yes, Marshy, we are taking a two-week hiatus. This this bitch right here needs a break. <laughs> also, Jesus said that you could have a break. Thank you, baby Jesus. Oh, no, it's not baby Jesus this time. But no, anyway. this is full-grown adult Jesus first said it's fine. Sorry, I am um, just a cafeteria Catholic, okay? You really are just a cafeteria Catholic. We are just going to be taking a two-week hiatus and returning back in mid-April with all the things that you love because... Yeah, we just need just need a little break, a little time to regroup, and a little time to make things more exciting for you. But, you know, it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't kick off with some news. What's happening in Housewives news this week? Well, let's go to New York City. New York, New Woo! York. It's so good. They named it twice, Moshi. <laughs> New York, New York. <laughs> Uh, the trailer for the new season dropped and the start date of May 4th. Oh, my God. That is, like, sooner than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. First impressions, Moshi, what did you think? It was everything. And I do want to say that if you haven't seen the trailer, if you go to our Instagram at From the Lower Level Pod, we have it there so you can watch it. You know what? I have trepidations, Moshi. I'm concerned. Ooh. I'm like... Ooh. First of all, only five housewives. I'm like, is this a recipe for success? I'm not yes. sure. Mm. No, it is because although there's only five apple holders, they all have multiple personalities. Oh my God. Well, I'm excited to meet Bershon, the new housewife. No, Ebony. Bershon Ebony. Not a, she didn't get an apple. She didn't get an apple, no. But. Patrizio, do you think that all black women look the same? No, I do not, Moshi. I mean, you have been calling me Ebony lately, and now I'm worried. Moshi, I thought that, like, that was cute. You're Ebony, I'm Ivory. I thought it was cute. (laughs) Oh, my God. Paul McCartney. Michael Jackson is rolling over in his grave. (laughs) Ebony and Ivory. I love it. No, but I, I, I think... I don't know about you, but the trailer, the energy that was in the trailer, like Leah. Leah definitely has multiple personalities. Uh, you know what? Sonia, Sonia is multiple personalities. I'm going to stop you right there. I feel, <laughs> you know, a lot of these housewives have burnt me in the last 12 months. I have to stand a little too hard to some of these housewives. Ooh. 
last season of New York, I was like, Leah is the bee's knees. And you know what? I was what? with you on that. I'm not, I was with you. I'm jumping off the train before the season starts. I'm also with you on that. I too am also jumping on the train before the season starts. But I was 100% with you. I was, you know, I everyone is a Leah stan from last season. <sighs> but social media has ruined her for all of us. I don't know. I think maybe it was rose-coloured glasses last season, but I don't know. This trailer, I'm a bit concerned about how Leah is going to be behaving this season. Anyway, to be seen, it's all very exciting. It is to be seen, but I think, you know, the thing is that we did stand her so much and her career and everything really did elevate. And when that happens, you kind of have two options. You can be a Nini or you can be a Porsche. And I think what we might be witnessing from Leah is a little bit too much Nini and not enough Porsche. <sighs> well, Moshi, we don't have very long to wait to see the train wreck I can't unfold. wait. I literally cannot wait. Sonia Morgan, I mean, I, 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 I will continue I mean, I just... to stand her. She can do no wrong in my eyes. She can do no wrong. I'm with you. I think what we are going to see from Sonia is that I think she's a little bit tired of being a housewife in this season. And I think we are like, I know we don't want her to leave. And I, I know a huge part of why she's probably stayed is the money and the popularity. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sonia checks out of housewives over the next couple of years and maybe just becomes a friend of, not because of Bravo saying that to her, but I think she might choose that herself. Um, the other thing that I do want to say from the trailer is that, I mean, of course it's a trailer. It's edited for a specific, you know, agenda. I think that the trailer went out of its way to, like, show Ebony's personality as being, like, loud and big and, like, she's got all these opinions and she's, you know, ready to put Ramona in her place because nobody has ever done it before, like in this way and ready to call out all this bullshit. But I have a feeling that that's, that's just what they want to show us in the trailer. I don't believe she's going to be that loud, that intense all the time when it drops. I think they're using it as a way to like reel us in that like there's going to be some sort of change these women are never going to change no matter who comes into the piece. And I will say this again, that New York is the best Housewives franchise of all time. I've said it. That's it. What's the bet Ebony is actually best friends with Ramona? What is the bet? Honestly, that is what I expect. That is what I expect. Well, you know, on the same day that the trailer dropped, the news also dropped Mm -hmm. that Bethany Frankel has finalised her divorce and has also gotten engaged to her most recent boyfriend. Imagine dropping an announcement on the same day that your former franchise drops its trailer. What a fucking bitch. Oh, I thought you were going to say, what a coincidence. No. You know, since last, since the whole Meghan Markle drama, like, that was my last draw with Bethany. Like, I'm done with her. This, I wanted to say, one of our listeners, a good friend of mine, has started watching Housewives because so that she can listen to this podcast because that's what great friends do. 
and she has started watching The Real Housewives of New York and she's really loving, like she's watching it from the beginning and really loving Bethany so much so that she's watching like the Bethany spinoffs, like Bethany getting married and was like trying to engage me in that discussion. I was like, I don't acknowledge any Bethany spinoffs. Never have, never will. As far as I'm concerned, they never happened. She was only on Housewives. That's where she excelled. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, I am very glad to hear that the divorce is finalised. It's been like 12 years or whatever ridiculous amount of Eight time. Eight years. It's just wild. And I really hope that for her own sanity that she can just find some peace mm. and move on with her life now. Because I think when you hold on to like something like that, like a divorce that isn't finalised, I think it really weighs on you. Yeah, she they were, they were married for two years and went through and, and didn't finalise their divorce and t- for eight years. I know we're like, yes, it really weighs on you, but it feels very much in Bethany's nature for me that, like, she would have a divorce go on until she absolutely got whatever she wanted, which is not a bad thing and it's not a, a good thing. Like, I'm just like... I'm sure there were ways that the divorce could have ended sooner, but, you know, it pays to be stubborn. Oh, I can't imagine her lawyer's fees. My God. That's, that will be insane. I mean, she's very rich, but that'll be insane. Well, I mean, sticking with the New York theme, uh, Luann confirmed to page six that she's in this Housewives tropical spin-off All-Stars season and Sonia is there. Sonia, she has posted. Where were they? Which Caribbean island? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember that picture of Lou where she's completely gold <laughs> that she posted on her Instagram. Are they in the Cayman Islands or something? It was like the Turks and Caicos, I feel. Oh, Turks and Caicos, yeah. Wow. I mean, the fact they've got Sonia on this island, I cannot wait. They couldn't have done it without her. Oh, like... I'm just really interested to see what this shit show is going to be all about. Who else is on the island, though? Oh, I don't know. I guess so. There's no one from Potomac because they're currently filming. Uh, And no one from Beverly Hills, I think, either, for the same reason, right? Oh, really? I thought Beverly Hills might have wrapped. I think maybe. No one from Salt Lake City. I don't know. No. Dallas. Don't send any of them. But Atlanta. I guess they've, like, got the reunion that they're filming shortly. But who knows, Moshi? Yeah, I'm really curious to find out who else was on it. I'm curious as well to know if it was just a Housewives thing or if it was, like, a broader Bravo thing. Or maybe it's just Luann and Sonia. I mean, what more do you need? I mean, those men on that island, even though apparently Lou is booed up, but, I mean. Oh, you never know. Maybe they'll bring the pirate back. Who knows? Oh, bring back the pirate. Uh, well, the last bit of news this week, our girl, Portia Luther King, mm-hmm. she has signed with a Hollywood talent agency. Mm-hmm. She has a book deal and a romantic comedy coming out. Mm-hmm. I am unsure about the romantic comedy. <laughs> what? She'd, she'd be so great in a romantic comedy. I don't know. Remember when Kenya did that, like, TV show They're not the minute. same. Do not compare Kenya and Portia. No, 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 no. 
I'm just I worry for Portia. That's all I'm saying. I just I worry. Have you okay? So you've obviously never seen like a Tyler Perry feel good film or like just something like really light hearted that's like not too intense, like a straight to Netflix situation, right? Portia would be great in one of those. Put her in a scary movie. Like as in like a a real horror or like a satire of a horror. No, the satire of a horror. Yeah. That's almost like being in like a romantic comedy. Like I don't think it's gonna go straight to the seat to the cinema. I think it's like gonna go straight to streaming. It'll be she'll be great. She was in Candy's play, remember? This is true. This is true. She has the thespian chops. Thespian. <laughs> Didn't you see that bolo? She was a great thespian that night. The thespian lesbian. (laughs) Unconfirmed. That is alleged. That is definitely alleged. Uh, Well, Moshi, let's get into it. On the back of Portia, let's talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta, (laughs) episode 14. Not on her actual back, Moshi. (laughs) That's what I'm laughing at. I'm like, Portia's back now? Okay. Uh, wow, what an episode. You know what? Atlanta has, like, it arrived a couple of weeks ago and it has kept the pace going, I feel. Like, I'm really happy. Do you? Oh. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying it a few weeks ago, but now I'm back into it. It. I mean, I think the thing is that it only works when there's drama. Well, and- there for there to be drama, drama, I know. And for there to be drama, it needs to be the girls at an event. And I guess, like, filming during COVID, it sucks. Like, I'll just be really honest. Like, Candy, she's not even in it anymore at this point. We got, like, a minute and a half of screen time of Candy. Cynthia's wedding is done. We don't need to see Cynthia anymore. Um, it was good to see that interesting thing about like Marlo and she opened up her showroom and then Marlo was able to like spill the tea about stuff that Latoya had said about Kenya to Kenya. Um, That, that was like, that was that. What's going on there though, Moshi? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So is it, a friendship of convenience. I love when things are of convenience because I think it might be Kenya needs Marlo because she's got no other allies in the group. I mean, she's got yep. the aunties, but like she really needs somebody else, especially to back her on all these. She needs somebody shit. that the audience loves, like absolutely loves. And who does the audience absolutely love? Marlo. But what on does Marlo side, need from Kenya? She needs a reason to stay on the show. Oh. And it's, I think we said this last week, it's clear that the producers love Kenya. They've asked her to come back. Like they were, they took Kenya over Nini. Like it goes without saying that Milo is trying to hitch her wagon to as many popular people as possible. Also, I do think that like Milo is just over not being friends with Kenya. And now that Nini's gone, she doesn't have to keep being like, Nini's BFF, you know, so she can. So now she is able to be friends with um, Kenya. Also, I think she's still not happy about the small room that she got when they went away. Oh my God. She doesn't want a small room ever again. I really hate it here. Like, I just, I don't like that Marlo is 
up Kenya's butt. Well, there's room, so it's fine. But and then like the fact that Kenya was like the first one to go to the showroom as well. Yes, that was her and Fallon. That was like weird to me. It 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 doesn't feel authentic. I'm a hundred percent with you. No, not at all. And but like. I think, again, it was just a vehicle for them to discuss the drama with, like, LaToya and Kenya. Correct. LaToya is going around talking about Kenya's divorce. I mean, she's not even going around. Like, it was like Candy had already heard it and LaToya just confirmed it. Like, I feel like LaToya wasn't really starting it, was she? I don't know. Did I miss it? It was interesting because when they did the flashback to that scene, Drew was actually the one who had said, hey, I don't think you should be saying that. And then Marlo chimed in. And I hadn't even realised that Drew had been the one that was like, you shouldn't be saying this. And I realised, like, Drew was really coming from a place of, like, if that was me, I would not want you spilling the tea like this to to girls who are not my homies, you know. So I was like, that's interesting. I think we can kind of say that Drew at the moment is, like, the compass. Like, whatever whatever Drew's opinion is, for the most part, that's the right opinion. Ooh, <laughs> she's the moral compass. No, I don't want to say moral compass because, like... She has no morals. I think morality at this point is subjective, okay? Especially given the whole kind of slut-shaming around Bolo. Um, but I do think that rather than, like, the bone collector, what we have with Drew is we have a truth-teller. Okay, I'm here for that. Do you see that? Like, we have somebody who's, like, opening up her third eye and she's like, you are wrong, this is why. Even though she does also do some problematic shit, but yeah. Mm. I do like Drew. I think she's a successful housewife. Yes, could not agree more. I think she's been a bit of a slow burn. But mm-hmm. she she she's in the groove now, and she knows what to do, and she's bringing it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, but we should really talk about the drama that went down. We had a very interesting party at Fallon's house. Oh my god, there's just like so much I want to discuss about the party itself. Mention it all. I want you to mention it all. Talk to me about it. Um, the fact that it took three days to put together, but all it was was really just like a <laughs> fog machine and the fog machine wasn't even like in the whole house. It was like in the foyer and that was, really yeah. Um, I love that you called it foyer, like <laughs> Jeff Aiden. <laughs> uh, I would have said also accepted Chris Jenner as an answer, but, um, Fair enough. yes, the like, the, I, and I don't even know, like it was like. They just, like, walked through a small part of the home and got scared by, like, one person. But then it was done. It was over. That was the haunted house. I don't know. What was that about? The food or lack thereof? Like, like the jokes about candy eating, like, everything. <laughs> it was funny. Like, when Cynthia said it, I was like, excuse me. But then Candy said it about herself and I was like, oh. That was funny. I don't know what else. I think successful parts of this party, the outfits, the costumes. Oh, oh. well, 
one person didn't wear a costume. Who didn't wear a costume? Kenya. Ooh. A culture is not a costume. That was just so disappointing on like so many different levels. It showed us who she is. She's a dumb bitch. I know, but we can still be disappointed. I am disappointed. Like, I just, okay, I I can hear you rolling your eyes over the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Just like, she should know. How do you not know? Native Americans, Indigenous Americans. They are not a costume. That headdress is not a costume. It's incredibly symbolic. And when you're questioned about it to then be like, well, I'm like two-thirds Indian. Like, come on. Did she say that? Yeah, she's like inferred that she could when somebody tried to call her out on it. But like, really? The other thing is, this is kind of this bystander thing that's happening on on these shows where it's like, I don't know if it's the edits that we're not seeing, but where, like, everyone is only calling out the problematic behaviour in their confessionals. I'm like, why didn't you tell Kenya at the event that she wasn't wearing a costume and that this isn't right? Why did you wait until the confessional? It's the same thing, I'm, I mean, randomly, it's the same thing with Stephanie and and that redheaded one from uh, <laughs> Real Housewives of Dallas. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, my God. I'm, like, screaming, but obviously you cannot hear me scream, but I am screaming. I, I can feel you screaming. I get it. Um, well, I think, like, Bravo came out and apologised for the lack of, I don't know, addressing it on the show, I think, was really what they were okay. apologising so for. Okay, so at this point, we need to acknowledge something. We are all imperfect humans, and Bravo is one of the systems that holds up white supremacy. Now, unfortunately, we also just love the shows that they have. But Bravo picks and chooses what racially racist, insensitive things that they're going to call out and what they're not. There is so much things in Bravo land that, like, don't make sense. Leanne left. Brandy gets to stay. Yeah, I said her name, the redheaded one. You know, like Kenya does this thing and like she just gets a warning, like a, a notice, but it's like we need to talk more about this thing and why you should not be doing it. Like I, this is just like an aside, but at this point, if you don't know that Bravo is like really horrible, you should you should follow a few other uh, podcasts and they will guide you around that. But um yeah, let's let's not talk about Bravo's statement as if it's like something good that they've done. It's them covering their own asses. Well, Moshi, apart from that, who did you think did come dressed appropriately and successfully? Candy and Fallon. Candy and Fallon knocked it out the park. I love me some face paint. But the thing about like Candy's costume is you couldn't even tell it was Candy. Like people were like who is that? I That's know. You know, you've done good. There was like the nose thing, right? Like she yeah, had prosthetic. prosthesis. Yes. Oh, prosthesis, darling. Prosthesis. <laughs> she is a thespian, so you know. 
Um, yeah, I loved it. I, Fallon as well. I mean, she turned it out. She, clearly, she put a lot more effort into her costume, her costume. than she did anything else at her party. I mean, the lack of hosting as well. I mean, I'm unfortunately going to have to side with Latoya on this one. Oh, like, 100%. Me Worst party drink. ever. Worst party ever. Serve me some food. Like, honey, hire some, like caterers i don't know do something she's very rich as well fallon oh she, she definitely wanted to say that like but she didn't show it no so i guess you know the party is crap let's just be real it's rubbish it's like time to go home basically but you know kenya and latoya have this conversation right where kenya calls out latoya for not being her friend and you know you got to be loyal to her it's because it's a cult you've got to be part of the kenya cult right mm-hmm. and latoya's like i'm fucking done with this like i'm done with this conversation the way she was just like laughing in kenya's face the entire time and then i don't know they go outside latoya and portia well, Latoya says she's leaving, right? She says she's leaving because the party is boring, which it is. <laughs> but she's also had this issue with Kenya, so she doesn't want to stick around. So she asks if Kenya will walk her out, and Kenya is like, I'm not walking you out. And why don't you ask Portia to walk you out? And so then whatever happens, Portia ends up walking her out. It's intense. That was so intense because I don't think Latoya – understand i think latoya is so used to people just like maybe not taking her that seriously and just being like more light-hearted but kenya is like really done with her oh completely like i think Kenya's the kind of person that's like if you cross me like mm-hmm. we're done like i would but she she had already her. given latoya a chance right well Two strikes and you're out, Moshi. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't even give you one strike. I'd just be wow. like, we're done. You know what? Instant dismissal. Red flag. You sound like Latoya. Like, read the room. Like, why are you asking Kenya to, like, walk you out? Like, No, because she's trying to show to Kenya that, like, it was just, I was just being silly. I, you know, we're really friends. She, it's also like a power move. Like, I think she was, she, I think she thought that by saying it in public like that, she didn't think Kenya would say no. She thought like Kenya would be too polite to say no. And she was trying to show everybody that they're cool and it completely backfired. Uh, I mean, the whole night backfires. Right? Oh, the whole night is a huge backfire. I don't even, like, what happened? What was their trigger? I don't even remember what triggered it all. I can only remember the snake on the floor. That's all I can remember. So Fallon was already up in arms because Latoya, in true Latoya fashion, had already been snarky towards her. Because Latoya's had had a lot to say about Fallon. Yes, about everyone. But then Latoya did another dig and she, you know, just was basically saying the same thing that we just said. That, you know, if you if you have lived this kind of lifestyle and, and, you know, she was making digs about Latoya's husband's age and that, like, she expected more and it all just got back to Fallon and Fallon had just had enough. So Fallon, I think they didn't realise that Latoya was still going to be outside and she was walking Kenya out and they saw each other 
and then the words were exchanged. Now, based on what I've heard out in the internet again, there's a lot that we didn't hear that was said during this exchange, but both women were kind of uh, racially vilified the other one and were really derogatory towards the other one, each other, based on their ethnicities. Um, And, I mean, week after week, you guys know how I feel about this sort of stuff. I'm not down with it, no matter who says it. And it's come to light that LaToya said some really low-down things that uh, essentially Fallon just reacted. And that's all we got was Fallon's reaction. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we only know, we only see, like, the Fallon side of it, right? We haven't seen this LaToya, you know, unseen footage, the bloody unseen footage, Moshi. Roll it back, roll it back. Um, But, like, Fallon is triggered. Because you cannot go into somebody's home and somebody has invited you to their home. Okay, it's not the party you imagined, but the house is beautiful. The things are beautiful. They're giving you some sort of hospitality. And you are just, you have nothing nice to say about them at all. You don't even know them. Like, I know that, like, you can say things like set off a little bit of drama, but Latoya is like, she's like, you know, a little dog that yaps at your heels, that doesn't want to fight, but likes to talk, you know, actually who she's reminding me of? Candiace from Potomac. You have a lot to say, but you can't back it up. And what we saw was somebody just at her wit's end. I, so I guess, what do I want to say here, Moshi? What I want to say is that Fallon has been MIA, right? We knew that she was a friend of, and she came on that trip to like, was it North or South Carolina? One of the Carolinas. One of the Carolinas. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to put them in a basket, but. She went on that trip, but she kind of, like, wasn't – we didn't really see her. She kind of, like, made a short appearance at, like, a couple of points. Well, I think that's a um, post-production thing. I think they just edited her out. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is it, like, is this the reason why we haven't seen much of her? We've seen enough of her to know that she is around, she's present, and that there is some sort of relationship. But I wonder – has Latoya been like digging at Fallon a lot more than what we've seen? Because she did make one comment already to Fallon. Yes. Has there been more than that that we just haven't seen? And then the Fallon's reaction, and like, I mean, she like bolts into the house, she finds the golf clubs and is yes. ready to go for Latoya. And obviously, you know, production's made a decision that you can't. You can't behave in that way and so you don't get put on the show. Oh, that's interesting. I was thinking more like I was kind of the opposite. So I was thinking that the reason that Latoya and um, Fallon are both friends of is similar to Sutton. I don't think they were in a position where they were able to share their children and their families more Um, because obviously like, uh, Latoya is going through like this crazy divorce at the moment and 
although she's on YouTube and stuff, her husband, I suspect, has said that the children can't be on the show. So that's number one reason why I think she was a friend of, because she's also just getting so much camera time. Number two, I think that after this specific incident, I think Fallon was the one that was actually like, I'm done because she has a good life. Like she doesn't need this person bringing her down. But I think that this drama was just so big and so good and like so integral because it's also tied up with the Kenya conversation that it couldn't not be shown. Like it's it was good television. It's the stuff that like because we're all sycophants, it's the stuff that we expect to see on Housewives. But yeah, we if you don't think that we're psychotic for watching this stuff and enjoying it, you need to like talk to your therapist because we've all got problems. Um, but yeah, like this was just too good to not be on television. So I think that's why it was kept. But I I think your side is also like super interesting. Um, and makes a lot of sense also. I mean, she was either, like, told that it's done or she, like, wasn't going to be coming back after that. Because, I mean, fair enough. Like, if I was on a show like that and it really, like, it, it turned me into someone that I'm really not, I would leave too. I would be like, I can't be this person. And I, I think that that's what happens, especially if, like, let's be real, Fallon doesn't need the show. No, not at all. So, you know, if you've got that position, if you're in that position where you don't need the show, then you can go. And I and I would, at this point, I'm exactly like Fallon. I would have just said no. <laughs> well, I would have given up. I am. Out I would be like, here. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. Well, I don't think the drama is over next week, Mm-mm. I'm sure. Oof. I'm yeah. It's it's you know, Atlanta is is such it is in like this really weird scenario. Like I think, you know, there is just the five girls. There is also like these new other people. Like having Latoya there who has such a big personality, I think that the women this kind of cast, they are trying to find their groove. And I think it is really hard to find it in the middle, obviously, of a pandemic when, like, let's be honest, they really should all just be locked up in their houses and having nothing to do with each other and just talking to each other on Zoom. So I do, you know, I, like I said, we're sick of fans. It is great that they're willing to get together and essentially they are risking their lives. Idiots to film um but are we getting the best television from them no and you know we said this last week but Atlanta I think it needs a shake-up again I'm thinking about it more this week I'm just like I I, again I really wouldn't be surprised if Portia leaves I wouldn't be surprised like next season is her last season on the show but um look I'm I'm actually okay um but I think we need, it, it's time. We need like a, a whole new, and I think we're seeing that with a few of the franchises, like we need a, a whole, it needs a facelift. Just my opinion. It's been 14 episodes already, Moshi. But it's, it's what's it, it I, I'm, I mean, I think we had one high, which was the Carolinas, which is now what I'm calling it. <laughs> 
and everything else for me is flatlined. Well, Moshi, let's leave it there for this week, but we are going to take a short break and we're going to come back about, this is my favourite part of the podcast, right after the break. And we're back, Moshi. Hello. That we can talk about the Tiffany Moon show, the Dr. Tiffany Moon show. Hello, Moonbeams. Get in formation. Oh, please, Dr. Tiffany Moon, please don't let me down. Just can't have another Stan housewife. Like, we can't have, imagine if we found out that, like, what would it be? Like, Tiffany has, like, a bunker where she's been kidnapping people. Or that she, like, fakes her credentials as a doctor or something. Okay, like, don't say that. (laughs) I feel like that's the one thing in her life that is really, really real. I know. Well, you know, since we're talking about it, I mean, let's just start the episode there. Um, You know, she finally talks to her mum. Her mum has decided to come over. Her mum never comes over. It's a pandemic. But her mum has said, I've got a gift for your birthday. I want to come over. And this is Dr. Tiffany Moon's moment to tell her mum, like, it was. she was so anxious doing this. I'm going to do work part-time, have one day off so I can be with the kids. And her mum is okay with it. Her Her mum is like, like, take more days off. (laughs) Why do you have to work for Why are you even working? Just take all the time off. I was shocked. (laughs) I wasn't. I totally expected that, actually. (sighs) Did you? Yes, 100%. Because I don't know about you, but I have kind of witnessed that in my own life, like as a first generation immigrant child, like when I was much younger, like I don't have children or like this crazy job like Dr. Tiffany, but the way that both of my parents are with like my nieces and nephews and things like that, like they have a different, a completely different view of life because like, we turned out okay because they no longer have to worry about us. I feel like they're like cool with everything. Like Tiffany, I don't know if she's realized it, but she really has kind of already achieved everything that they wanted. And it's, and they're like, of course you can take a time off. Your husband owns two hotels. Like there's nothing left to prove. And instead, because especially now that Tiffany has children of her own, I think from the outside looking in, her mum can also see, like, I don't want you to... Parents never want you to be the same as they were. They always want you to be better than they were. And I think that they look at Tiffany with her daughters and, you know, I think she sees herself. I think she sees that, like, Tiffany's not spending as much time as at home. Oh, we were like that. We worked so hard. We did all these things. Tiffany doesn't have to struggle the way that we did because she's achieved everything. So... And and I think a lot of the other thing is that behind all of that is that they push you so hard so that you don't have to work as hard as they did when you become a parent. So for me, I 100% expected that to be the narrative that we saw. I wasn't surprised at all. <sighs> I'm just really happy for her. I could, I could feel the weight lifted off her shoulders. Right. And I think, you know, what probably helped is it was only one day off a week. It wasn't like when, you, you know, when you go part-time, usually that yes. means like two and a half days or less. But it was like, oh, it's just one day. 
it's not I wouldn't even call it part-time that's how like skeptical I was like she's like part-time I was like like she's like I just won't be doing 60 hours and I'm like isn't full-time 40 hours (laughs) yes exactly right that's why her mom was probably like oh you've got 20 hours that you can spare actually and still be earning a full-time wage true I also really enjoyed when she was like but who's gonna pay for your Porsche and who's gonna pay for those things and her mom was like those things don't matter but then as well, I, I think her mum was like, bitch, you have enough money. You'll still be able to pay for those things. No, Moshi, that's not, that's not fitting <laughs> with my fantasy. Her mum in a pandemic has just realised the important things in life. Okay, 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 sorry. This is the arc that you wanted. You're absolutely right. The pandemic has put everything into perspective for Tiffany's parents and now they just love her for whoever she is. You're 100% right. What a beautiful story. I love that her mum gave her a red packet. I know. I didn't think you were meant to get them once you were married. You're not. But I but I guess different cultures, different reasons. And I think if Tiffany's the only child, I think there's something more symbolic there as well. Um, like I, I very much think that it was just symbolic. Did you know that this year... And I am not of Asian heritage. Um, I do not celebrate the Lunar New Year uh, culturally. Um, but I got my first red packet from a friend. I love that. And I had money in it and it was really exciting. So much so because it's a pandemic and I don't touch real money anymore. Um, I was like, oh, this is exciting. The money is still in the red envelope. It's never leaving. Uh, I mean... Th- there's no point putting in a bank right now either. Well, what's a bank? <laughs> so you may as well just keep it under your pillow. Pretty much. Uh, well, you, you know, It's in the walls. You know who is splashing some cash, Moshi? Stephanie Holman with her charitable work. We finally <laughs> saw the culmination of all of her hard work. Yeah, the lockers. Spent at the lockers. They got on the private jet. And they flew out to the school to see the lockers. Now, Moshi, I don't really care for Stephanie Holman at this point. But what I would like to discuss is the lockers. Why did they have LED lights at the bottom? Like, no Because they were, she was doing the full locker experience. Like, she was giving this football team, like, professional fucking lockers. She was going all out. Yeah, but I'm like, no wonder why she was over budget. Oh, 100%. Like, the lockers that she gave weren't, like, these refurbished lockers that, like, Travis's company wasn't using anymore. She went above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Cash was splashed. But it was nice. And I I do really like... Oh, it was beautiful. Stephanie, you know, she stands up to her husband and she was like, I proved you wrong. You know, you didn't believe in me. And look how good this makes me feel. Um. I do love her. She, what, what's that thing that you always say about these storylines <laughs> on, on Dallas? They're like, not coming of age. They're like independence, break free. Well, it is. it is. It's a break free storyline. It's about like, you know, finding, finding like out who you are. Because as we always say, there are like two reasons or, well, maybe now there's probably more, but like there are two main reasons that people go on Housewives. And one is for these women, it's independence. That's a huge thing. They either are like a Sonia who, who is in financial distress and needs to rebuild her cash portfolio or they're like Stephanie who is 
tied to her husband as the financial provider and she's going to use the show as a means of creating her own wealth and then you know her own brand and all those things and I think at the end of the day even though like Stephanie went over budget I 100% believe you now that she's shown what she can do there are going to be so many companies chomping at the bit to be part of her charity so the next time that she has to do one of these there's going to be a paint company that's going to be like we want to donate all of the paint that you use when you paint these rooms, right? Mm-hmm. We want to donate all the LED lighting that you're going to put into these lockers, right? We're a football company. We make uniforms, all this stuff. We want to help this school and do this thing. So she, she she's put in the money now, but 100% moving forward, or should I say forward, she's not going to have to... Um, find that cash people are just going to be chomping at the bit to to give her money because of the exposure that she brings <sighs> what a what a true break free storyline it is i like it i'm really glad that she went the philanthropist angle and not like the Hollywood angle, like she's not like acting in something now or doing this other thing. Instead, she, it it's led her back to her original purpose, which was, you know, being a community worker and uh, helping people. And I, I like that for her. Yeah, I do too. I think um, it's kind of like disappointing that like, you know, that she isn't actively involved in that because you do see how much joy it brings her. But I think it is going to be who she is moving forward and, and like, really happy for her to do that. I do think, though, we have to remember she's had some real difficulties with her children. Like, one of her sons has a learning disability, which we've seen in previous episodes. So I think she had to get over that hump and and the stress of just dealing with some of these ladies and trying to figure out her life as her and Travis become kind of bigger public oh, excuse me, become kind of bigger public figures, right? Well, you know somebody else who's been having trouble with their children? Actually, All of them. <laughs> well, you know, Carrie, um, you know, she's had a lot of trouble connecting with her daughters. They've been going through stuff and she just hasn't been there for them. And, like, I forgot this was, like, her whole storyline. Like, I forgot this, that this was a thing. Like, this was something that came up like, four episodes ago, and finally we got this, like, weird closure scene on it. Was it closure? I don't know. What did you think? How did we forget well, this was a thing? It's not just that. Like, so the, the, for me, it's a bit of a triangle. It's like Carrie has this really hard relationship with her mother, and so she's trying to figure that out. But in trying to figure out this relationship with her mother, it's allowed her to see some of the gaps in her own parenting where she hasn't, really come through like she hasn't been the mother that she thought she would be instead she's seen herself kind of exhibiting some of the same behavior that her mother exhibited that she didn't like I thought it was interesting that we got that snippet of the like video call with her mom where her mom was basically like I don't I didn't see it that way and I think it would be nice at some point to get her mom's side of the story um, which is not to say that Carrie, what happened to Carrie isn't valid and that she's 100% entitled to to her feelings and um, her read of the situation in terms of how her life was. Like nobody can take that away from her. But, I mean, 
<laughs> Carrie is, as far as I'm concerned, somebody who doesn't have a lot going on in their life. And in all, specifically in a, at a time like COVID when, like, her business isn't thriving, she can't do all these other things. Um, I mean, her children are all grown. She has found very smartly what her storyline is going to be this season. And that's this, like, let me just display all of this trauma um, as a storyline for this show. Um, I, I mean, it's 100% real. I think her children are amazing. This, I mean, I know we shouldn't always just talk about people's looks, but her daughters, who are actually twins, are incredibly beautiful. Are they twins? But they're not twins, but I mean, like, oh. they look exactly the same. Like, they have the exact same face. Are like, we? you know, like, sometimes siblings, like, you have siblings, like, you guys kind of look similar. Her children actually look exactly the same. Her daughters. And... For me, it's like, okay, it's great. We're seeing this conversation with your daughters. But what I want to know is I want to know the whole tea. I want to know who Carrie's ex-husband is. I want to know why they split up. I want to know when she got together with Eduardo. Because remember at the beginning when she first started, her and Eduardo were having so many issues. I want to know how they resolved all of their issues. Like, I'm like, if you're going to be on this show, this is what I want. Oh, here, let me give you the tea. They haven't resolved their issues seen him all season where is eduardo missing where is eduardo we've met the parrot amber alert i haven't seen eduardo where is he (laughs) he's not in a phone he's nowhere (laughs) because does she have a child with eduardo no it's my understanding that she doesn't all of her children are with her ex-husband but this is what i mean the fact that we're asking these questions it means that we need answers yeah, well, you know what? I would actually be happy not getting answers and never seeing her ever again. So, facts. <laughs> I want to also just touch on, I guess, another woman from Dallas who is reliant on her husband, but unlike Stephanie and Carrie, doesn't see it as a negative, and that is one Cameron Westcott who has never seen a bill since she married court. She has not seen a single utility bill. They just get paid, girl. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, my question with that was... I mean, at least she's honest. Yeah, okay, she's honest. But if you aren't actively involved in the finances... Should you be involved in the sale of your home? Well, I think she owned up that she's like not really involved in the sale of the home because her whole thing is that she just wants her house to sell so that she can have her dream house. She really doesn't care about like what it's going to take and what it's not. She just wants more um, clarity on when it's sold. Her, her whole motivation is just moving into that new house. Do you get what I mean? Like, she doesn't really care about the nitty-gritty. She just wants to move into her new house, which is her dream house. And for me, I'm like, her and Court, they have a really interesting relationship because he has 100% signed up to just being that provider. Like, he's like, he's just going to do that for her because I would be so stressed out. Like, this feels very much to me like, like the negative side of this that we've seen in the past is Joe and Teresa. 
you know what I mean? Yes. Like Teresa was kind of trying to live this life and look, we know that like it's in a marriage, it takes two to tango. So, so as much of a asshole as Joe was, Teresa wasn't any better, but like, this is the exact same thing. We saw Joe go to great lengths to try and keep up this facade and keep his wife happy and buy all the things that she wanted in the end, he kind of got lucky that Teresa found her own avenue to make her own money. But, like, Cameron, she's, like, it, it's that sort of pressure. Like, that's what I see her putting on court. And court is taking it. Like, he doesn't seem to mind. Um, and so, for me, it's, like, it's just in the 21st century, like, I don't know if this is what I want to be seeing on television. I don't know if this is something that I applaud. I don't know if this is something I'm remotely interested in. I'm not saying that it's like not okay to choose the life or be fortunate enough to have the life that Cameron has. It's just that for me, I kind of feel like wherever we've seen this, it hasn't ended well. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's sort of like, I don't know. She, she was like proud of it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I would, if if I was her and even if my husband was, you know, bringing home 100% of the cash, like, I would still want to be involved in, you know, making financial decisions together because you're meant to be in a partnership and, like, understanding how the world works. I think it's, like, it's such an interesting... Well, I think she understands how the world works. I, I don't think I, I don't think she's, like, ignorant. I think she knows bills exist and she knows... I, I'm certain, like, you know, I hate to say this, but they've probably got, like, solar panels and they've got all these things. So I'm sure that, like their electricity bills aren't like insane or anything like that, like their utility bills. But for me, it's more like, I don't even know how to articulate it, but it's like in this day and age, in this world, just even in the last 10 years, although we know that rich people find a way to stay incredibly rich, we've, we've also, I think, learnt that like, being rich isn't like this guarantee that you're just going to have money forever and that, you know, it, it, all it takes is another crash crisis or the pandemic or something and you could potentially lose all of your money. Um, this week in particular, one of the Instagrams that I follow and I hate that I can't even remember the name of their handle, but I'm really going to try and find it right now. Oh my God, you sound like me. I never remember. I'm always like, <laughs> on an I Instagram wish... post I saw maybe this week. Yeah, no, look, I didn't actually have any intention of speaking about this Instagram, but it relates. Okay, I found it. It relates um, 100% to court and how he has money. Um, and I, I, you know, it's one of those ones that I just follow and it came up on the feed. But if you're really interested in understanding the Westcott's and a little bit about where their money comes from, I recommend jumping on Instagram and following the account Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo. And they have a highlight called the Westcott's. They also have some really good, uh, they also have one called Lil Shart which is about Court's brother chart. Um, and it's, it's very fascinating stuff because he's become a bit of a troll and he has been harassing 
Bravo Instagrams and just doing some really despicable stuff online, which is why they started this like mini deep dive, which is actually an incredible deep dive. But yes, Court has family money. He works in like the finance industry. And of course, I'm sure they've got like investments and things like that, but their money is not infinite. I'm I'm really sorry, but when you said if you want to know how he earns his money, I was like stripper. On the corner. On the <laughs> corner. Because like you look at him and you're like, he'd be an interesting stripper. I, I see that. Do you think he's good looking? I think he has a charm about him. I don't know how to answer that. It's like I don't look at him and I'm like, oh, my God, court. But, like, I look at him and I'm like, I get why she's with him. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. He's, he's charming. There is something about him. I don't like their relationship. It's not something that would work for me. But, there is, but, I, but the two of them together, like, I think there's a scene in the car. They do have this. They have like this weird repertoire. They do have a bit of a banter together that I like because as much as Cameron disappoints me, when Cameron is on, she is 100% on and she's so fucking funny and she gets it. And for moments I'm like she's in on the joke about herself. But then like she does dumb things like be like, I haven't paid a utility bill, girl. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop, stop. Why are you telling people this? Um, I do want to touch on Deandra before we close this out. I hope that's okay. Oh, like, I feel like Deandra is the only thing I really wanted to discuss this whole podcast. Right. I feel like I am becoming a Deandra fan and I feel like she has like really been like stepping into her housewivesdom. Like she's like going full tilt. Like I would almost call this type of behavior as like she's gone full Ramona or she's gone full Sonia. You know when you're just like you're not hot, you're mentioning it all. She Nothing. has. She has. She's giving us everything. And Moshi, um, she has given you everything you have been personally asking for as well. You were <laughs> like, all... give me the drug history. And she <laughs> gave you the drugs history. You were like, she's done stuff. And then you were like, they, she told you about her dating life and her White House life. She's she is giving you everything you have been asking for. It's amazing. I know. I I mean, like, do I love Deandra as a human? Hell no. But as a housewife and as a person on a television show, she has given me everything I have asked for. And I mean, I don't. Yeah, is she a bit predictable? A hundred percent. But I find people like Deandra very fascinating because to me she's like if she had grown up in a time when like there was social media and like other weird things, she would have been Paris Hilton. Do you know what I mean? It's just that she she's just like a, a D version of Paris Hilton because she's just older. Like People who grow up in like really wealthy families that have a lot of, that aren't just money, but also have like a lot of power because I think everything, like we had learnt last week that she had changed her surname and I think Mama D is 100% right. Like changing her surname opened up doors for her. Like that is fascinating to me. Like how that works. I'm like, let's, let's, let's dig into this. I want a documentary around 
kids who do shit like this. Well, I mean, I don't even think like Deandra, Deandra's biological father and Mama D, I don't think, I think they were like well off, but I don't think yeah. it was the same wealth and power. No as what Mr. Simmons had, right? The more we're learning about Mr. Simmons, like, it really opened doors for her in Texas. Like, he was down with the bushes. Like, he he was in his old, old money. Ooh. Well, you know what I want to talk about? Old, old things. The <laughs> photos in the home. In, in Mama D's house? Amazing. You know what? Mama D and Deandra, it's like... I feel like you can't see it now because of like Mama D's wigs, but they look no, the exact same. No, they look the same. They look the same. I've thought that the whole time. I've always thought that, even with the wig, I see it. Oh, oh my god! But those photos—it was literally like they would show another photo, and I'm like, "Is it Deandra or is it Mama D?" Like I didn't but, know. So I thought that that was really interesting editing because for me, like this is why I tell you that I'm very passionate about this story. Like, I, like when you said that we could have just talked about this, I'm like, 100. percent for me, what that setup does is like we know that at the moment there is a lot of friction between Mama D and Deandra, and there always has been. But what those photos show us is that there is like real love between them. That like no matter what, it's always been just the two of them. Like everything Mama D has done, she's done it for Deandra. She's done it perhaps in a roundabout way that is not like what you would want your mother to do, but everything that she has done has been for Deandra. And those photos were meant to kind of anchor us in. It's a technique. It's cinematic technique. They Ooh. wanted us, yeah, they wanted us to 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 see that that even though if, even if the photos are just a facade, look how many photos they have together. I love my mom, but I don't think I have that many photos with my mom. Yeah, but I, I think it's also like it was a of the time thing. I feel like it was something you went and got done back then. But but the but the only reason but they were they were always like at events and stuff. And I feel like I feel like Mama D made sure those photos were taken because, you know, and they spoke about it. At the end of the day, they're really all each other have. And I think this like side arc that Deandra tried to go down where she was trying to kind of reconcile with her stepmom and her brother it's never going to happen until she gives them the money that I hate to say it I believe they they deserve and are owed like if Deandra had no relationship at all with her biological father and she's taken all the money from the will that is disgusting and that is how she's Mama D's daughter as well I just want to point that out. that's when you know her and mama d are cut from the same cloth like why would you not go 50 50 why would you not split it into thirds deandra does not need that money yeah but it's an entitlement thing well she feels that way because that's the way she was raised this is the stuff that i that i think is fascinating this is the stuff that i'm like that would make an interesting documentary like exploring the lives of like brats and where they are now Entitlement, a documentary. Nah, brats. The, <laughs> like the real life. The real life brats? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> what was your takeaway, though, from that whole situation with Mama D? Well, I mean, I think, you know what? Like, I agree with you. Like, um, I think that Mama D, 
expresses her love in a very different way to what Deandra is needing. It's like this like generational thing, right? That like Mama D comes from a generation where you do things for your children to show your love for them. Like finding the richest man in Texas and marrying him. Like you, <laughs> you do that for your child. Like she doesn't necessarily hug and kiss and like say that she loves her. She does all these other things instead to express that. Um, yeah. And Deandra's of a generation where she felt like she needed, you know, love and affection. So, um, you know, I thought it was all very interesting. I mean, I'm on like Mama D's side, I think, here. Same. I, I think that Deandra, I think she wanted to honor her stepfather, but I also think for her it was a huge opportunity for her as well and I would have done the same thing I think I said that last week I 100% would have done the same thing well well, that's the thing like you 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 get dealt a set of cards and you play the hand you're dealt exactly right I I, I love when I I finish off your metaphors oh that's that's symbiosis right there we are in sync this is why we do a podcast together (laughs) just for metaphors (laughs) but um you know let's i think let's wrap it there on dallas i do want to say though well done like moonbeams unite the luau was actually really really great because she outsourced yeah outsourcing works but i think she also learned her lesson but one thing i do want i do want her to stop commenting about her job and how much she works. Like at this point, we get it. So only, so only critique I have. That's pretty good for a, for a what? What is it? A sophomore? No, I don't know. What's the a freshman housewife? Oh, freshman housewife. Yes, it's a freshman year. Hundred percent. For that to be her only critique, she's doing pretty bloody well. I think so. Well, New Jersey, Moshi. Not a, not not freshmen, not sophomores. We are talking a hundred percent graduates at this point. I know. Seniors. Episodes in. Moshi, I cried. I at cried watching which, this episode. Which bit did you cry at? I cried a few times. Like, and when I say cry, I mean I kind of like started to well up a little bit. I was I know bawling my and, eyes out. Like you don't know how to cry. So <laughs> I'm quite astounded here that there was tears. Yeah, because I do it in the privacy of my own home while watching Housewives. Now. Talk to me about, I want to know every scene that made you cry. Talk to me about that. Okay. So the first scene is we're at Teresa's home. And yeah, I feel like it's just the first time all season that we have seen her with her four daughters all in the one space. I don't think we've seen uh, that yeah. so far. Uh, anyway. I just, like, I love the family dynamic. I love having them all together. Her and Gabriella wearing the same pants. She's cooking the pork chops. They're calling Joe. It didn't make me cry, but I did love it. No, that's not the part that made me cry. I mean, yes, she's finally divorced. She's got a great relationship with Joe. Joe's doing the vibrators. She's buying in because they've got to look after the kids. That's not emotional. For me, it was the nonno thing. That was that whole flashback. Much like Nono, I cry on the inside. <laughs> that was good. That was a good impression. You cannot you 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 fault me. That was such a good impression. And it's it's recorded. We can go back and listen to that later. 
I'm I gonna make him my ringtone. <laughs> and then Nono has like no face. Like he like has no emotion on his face. I was like, Nono's a bit of an asshole. Who's <laughs> <laughs> not an asshole? I was just like, Nono's not that. Like, I mean, I get it, but no. It was just, I thought it really tugged at my heartstrings, okay, Moshi. I just, you know, it was a very touching flashback. It was really sad to see how unwell he was before he passed as well. Oh, that that was horrible. And the gap that he's left in that family as well. But he wanted to go see his wife. He needed to be with his wife. It just, it really, like, it it just tugged at a heartstring, okay? It made me feel a certain way. I, I was more, like, I didn't cry in this episode, but I would, for me, it was that scene of seeing Teresa cooking just with her girls because, for me, it's like, that house, I'm so glad they're selling it. It's so fucking big. But then when you see that, like, they're, they're not even sitting at the table, you know, they're just sitting at the bench and she's cooking and they're eating and they're having that, like, mummy daughter family time for me watching her with her girls now that they're all like much older you know Adriana's like not like crying and clawing at her leg whatever she's like a fully realized human being I was like this is the stuff that I like I like seeing this Uh, Melania wasn't being extra it was just the girls that stuff I was like this is cute those girls are old enough to have their own like housewives franchise on their own at this point like when did that happen Honestly, that might, so I, I don't know if I was having this conversation with you, but I was having, I was talking to somebody about how, oh, it was Santi, who's hopefully listening, but we were talking about like the end of the Kardashians, right? So, you you know, we had the Osbournes, the Osbournes ended, the Kardashians came in. There is going to be room now, if the Kardashians are actually really leaving, there is going to be room now in the reality world for another family. And the Judice girls are exactly the right age for starting that franchise. Um, so I don't know. Pitch it, Trey. Pitch it. And, and I could see them like Melissa and Joe also leaving and being kind of part of that franchise instead. Ooh, I feel like, I, you know, I want to see that SmackDown. Lisa Rinna versus Teresa Judice. Like, because... Lisa reckon... Rinna does not... Have you met Teresa? She's a strong bitch. Yeah. I thought you were like... I, I thought that was a genuine question. Like, have I met Teresa? <laughs> and I was like, personally? Like, no. no. <laughs> I, I did go to, her, like, New Jersey once, but, like, No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just think that Lisa Rinna would also be very interested oh, in being, yes. I, I honestly don't think Rinna has enough. I think Rinna has a lot, but Harry Hamlin's not doing it. And her daughters, like, they're cute and pretty, but they're not fascinating enough. Sorry. I know, but I, she's going to vie for this, for the gaping hole that is missing if the Kardashians actually do disappear. That's actually a good point, but I don't think, it, I don't think it'll work. Well, anyway, let's move along. Anyway. The other part that I cried was actually when Frank Catania was crying. Oh, was he was Dolores. crying. I thought that was beautiful. Like, I, I just, when, like, when they caught him crying, I was like, every week Frank Catania is pitching to us oh. why he deserves his own confessional. <laughs> like, 
It was just great because, and that's what, like, it's what we love about Dolores and Frank, that they have this, like, weird relationship that doesn't, you know, make any sense. Like, and, you know, everyone said it in this episode as well. Jennifer Aiden said it. Like, no one gets it, right? We don't understand the dynamic. But, like, it was just, he's just there for her. And, like, he was proud of her. The kids were there. It was beautiful. I well, actually really loved Dolores in this they're essentially episode. They're essentially best friends. Like, I don't think... I don't think I don't think the Frank and Dolores bit is confusing because I think at this point we're used to exes being friends. I think with Dolores, the thing that is confusing is David. Should we talk about it? Well, I mean, like, but I, I think, oh, yes, that is confusing. But I think it's, it's to me, like, it's like three different things, right? It's like, okay, yes, like David and Dolores, like we don't really, like we get it though. I think we understand that like they're just not meant to be together. They're not meant to be together. They're not meant to be together. And then like Frank and Dolores, we get that relationship. They're besties, like they were married, they got divorced. And in fact, in divorce, they've become closer together probably, right? I think the weird part to me is in in any way, like the fact that, Frank is this like stand-in boyfriend when she has a boyfriend. Like, why is he always going so, to all the events? I think that that is actually more for the show. I mean, would he, I think that if she wasn't on the show, I, I, I still think that he would do some of the things. But I think a huge chunk of it is the show. Like, I'm pretty sure this is Frank's main mode of income, and I think that they just have, like, I think there's an so it's they have that deep understanding they are providers they need to provide for their family right that's at the end of the day that's it they want to live their best lives they want to make money uh Dolores wants to be able to keep doing charity events now we know she's not going to get any alimony from Frank you know yes David has money but it's like that relationship is obviously going nowhere and the brand that Dolores and Frank have created for themselves is so powerful and so strong it's one of the reasons we watch this show and he's always on every episode essentially being her personal assistant I mean I feel like that's what we witnessed today he drove them to the shore house he carried all their bags like he essentially works for Dolores and I think in many ways it's because of the show but I don't want to say that and it'd be like this negative thing like to me that's not a bad thing if the show is the thing that is keeping the two of them having a healthy relationship for the betterment of their children and for themselves their own self-care then I'm here for it but I think that they just have a tight bond like I think that that's something about maybe the Italian culture like it was for me like just to kind of align it it was so telling now that Teresa's divorced the whole time Teresa was telling everyone Joe is not going to take this house. Like they had an agreement, you know, she paid out all of the debts and did all of those things. And he was like, there's no way I can ask you for any of that stuff because, and I think we've spoken about this before, that despite the toxicity in their relationship at the core of why they were together was like these values and a similar understanding and a similar understand, like there's a pride in it as well. So for me, I don't necessarily, I think if the show didn't exist, I don't think we, like Frank and Dolores would be this way. I think a lot of it is for the show, but at the same time, it's not a negative. 
I reckon even without the show, I think they would be exactly the same. Not at that level. Definitely not. Because if we remember, like, early on in the piece, like, she was really angry with him all the time. It's only through the show, because he went through all those things. Like, when he got disbarred, he did all these things that were really, really bad. Like, early on in the piece, she was not a fan of Frank Catania. She was very angry at him. And it's only through the show that he, like, he has turned on the personality and turned on the charm. Like, he's centred himself. Like, him and Joe, Joe Gorga, they're, like, these funny guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're mm. clowns. So I think, like, he's seen himself on the show. He's changed. And he's realised that it can, there, there is a lot of benefit to them having a really good relationship the way that they do. So what did you think of the house that Frank and Dolores have built for David? Like, that was just a weird question. I thought it was beautiful. Well, at the end of the day, David built the house for Dolores, but Dolores is not living there. Um, I love the house. I thought it was, you know, I guess it's very big for just two people, but I guess it's perfect. Um, to be honest, what I really loved was the flower arrangements in the house. The colours of the flowers. You know, I love that shit. It matched the walls of the house. It was kind of like neoclassical colouring, but it was like still a traditional kind of house. And that's my vibe. Like I love shit like that. The roses hanging from the ceiling is very romantic. All of the flowers, but the flowers match the house. Like for me, I was like, this is amazing. But I was also like, this is $10,000 worth of flowers. Oh, totally. Like, that were expensive flowers. That was, but, like, if you just think that the average, like, kind of small bunch costs 40 bucks. Oh, that's quite cheap, I feel. Yeah, and that's just, like, for flowers that are in season that aren't roses and aren't, like, cardinias and aren't, like, anything special. And then she had, like, a full wedding situation of flowers in, like, just such a small house. Insane. Like, it was thousands of dollars worth of flowers i, I like her outfit more though oh um i just wanted to say briefly on the house comment that i think that frank should give joe gorga some advice on building a house 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. um yeah like they were all dressed beautifully they were all in pink obviously as a nod to breast cancer except for one person and they are cancelled we are cancelled i'm done <laughs> she needs to go Jackie. How I have fallen. Normally it's you apologizing for like how much faith and love you put into somebody and the next week they're trash. This week it's me and I am a clown. I am willing to admit it. I went in hard for Team Jackie for what I felt were all the right reasons. And unlike Deandra, Jackie did not give me everything I was asking for. Well, Boo Boo the Clown, was it the Jersey Shore that helped you figure it out? <laughs> I am Boo Boo the Clown. <laughs> yeah, well, they go to the Jersey Shore and it's finally the point where Jackie and Teresa meet again. Five, um, five episodes later. I think this was another point at which I cried. Teresa... Oh. recounting the group text with her daughters about the home and the memories and, you know, Teresa, you know, I, I think, you know, when you're unsure about something, you kind of like throw something out like, you know, oh, should I sell the house? And you kind of hope that your kids are going to turn around and go, don't no, do mom, it. don't, we have all our memories there. We grew up there. And the kids were like, 
I want a new start. Like I'm done. Like I need burn the it beginning. to the ground. <laughs> I know. I mean, burn it to the ground for many other reasons other than like the trauma. But like, I mean, I'm traumatized by that home. I don't know who's going to buy it, but good oh, luck. Somebody. But, Chad has found someone. Oh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I found that very touching and it did make me tear up slightly. Look, um, much like Nono. I cried on the inside. <laughs> My God, they get better every time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, it's finally this point where they meet Jackie and Teresa. And Teresa comes bearing gifts. And Dead. much like the Trojan horse, <laughs> beware of Versace clad and women bearing gifts. <laughs> Moshi, can I ask, will you be buying into the Judice's new business venture? If they made something that was my style, I, you know, they I have 24 to karat gold, honey. Yeah, but it's like a giant vibrator. It's not my vibe. <laughs> Sorry. I, I would purchase one because, you know what? It supports their four daughters. <laughs> I feel like. Knowing what I know about you, that's a lie. That's not the real reason why you purchase one. But, okay, keep telling yourself that, Patricia. Can I just say, though, that Teresa, when she sees Jackie and goes, maybe you can put this dildo up your ass. It was classic and it was perfect and I stand. Yeah, it was 10 out of 10. It was a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, but, like, if you're Jackie, you just got to sit there and take it. You've got to laugh. <laughs> I would have just been like, good one, ha, 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 and then moved on because you told her that she could shove the other thing up her olive branch up, up her ass. And so she was like, I, you know, like, I hear you, like, shoving things up your ass. Here's a, here's a vibrator. Like, I was like, you know what? That is your moment. That was actually your olive branch. That yes. was the olive branch. When well, Teresa gave you a dildo or a vibrator, that was the literal olive branch. And that's it. Like, it was done. Like, that was Teresa. She's making an effort. She didn't have to do it. She could have been like, and not for you, Teresa, um, Jackie. But she gave her one. She gave the line. And Jackie should have just been like, yeah, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 I Because I said that thing to you, so you did this thing to me. Oh, that's a good one. But I just want to say that the group text to me, because there was a lot of discussion at this dinner, whether the group text was an olive branch or not. You know what? Yes. As somebody who is, like, emotionally avoidant. Correct. Same. I am too, so. The group text, like, it is an olive branch. It's an olive branch. I didn't have to include you in the group text. I don't actually have to include you at all in any of the activities. But you know what? I'm going to try and be, like, not even the bigger person. I'm just going to try and be a person and try to just bring you in. And if Jackie can't accept that as an olive branch, like, says more about Jackie than it does Teresa. I agree. Especially as we know that Jackie is a fan of Teresa's. Like, she's been watching the show the whole time. Oh, so that she should photo. know. She should know that that was really good. But this is the reason, again, why I am now off Jackie is because she doesn't, you never look a gift horse in the mouth, okay? Speaking of Trojan horses, I'm adding the gift horse. Yes, the giant vibrator gift horse. <laughs> move on, Patrizio, move on. 
Well, you know, the other, I guess, big driver at this dinner is the 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 cheating rumor comes up again, and it's just like another one of those things. It's like let the mouse go. Like I'm done. Let with it go. It. Like with every other storyline in every other franchise at the moment, it's just like I'm done hearing about it. But anyway, Teresa, because she's given this information in the car ride over, she can't help herself but reveal it to the table that Joe, M- Marg's husband, has also heard the rumor. Now, did Joe hear the rumor, Moshi? Well, he said that he did at boys' night. It was on film. It's been recorded. I think he hasn't heard the rumor. I'm going to agree with something I saw online. And again, unfortunately, there are no, there are no receipts. There's no, like, there's no bibliography here. I can't remember where I saw it. But he overheard Mark talking about it with her team in the house. That's where he heard it. He didn't hear the rumor on the streets. He didn't hear it at the gym. He overheard the ladies in his house talking about the fact that this is being discussed. That's where I'm going to go it. one further and I'm going to say that Marg heard the same rumor from whoever Teresa heard it from and Marg told Joe. Ooh. And I'm going to say that Marg is like so determined to not let, like she just doesn't want um, her friend to know that she'd heard this rumor. Like she just doesn't want it to come up in, at all. She doesn't want it to be a thing. And that's why she went so apeshit because, and I, I feel like Jennifer called it out. Like if Joe knows, who is he going to hear it from? You're absolutely right that he's heard it from Marg, but I think that, I'm interested to know where Marg has heard it from. And I, I do, yeah, I think it is something that both of them knew. But at the same time, again, I don't think that Evan did it. The plot thickens, though. Like a good source, it thickens. Oh, good source for that soggy pasta. We don't want no soggy no, pasta. No, no, the pasta's getting soggy. <laughs> run, Dolores, run. <sighs> Mushy. We have made it to another end of an episode. And again, just a reminder, you better cherish this episode because you're not going to hear from us for two whole weeks. Our sexy Australian accents, I know that is the key reason that everyone keeps coming back. There's no Australian voices doing Bravo Housewives-related content online. Oh, I believe there is. We just don't acknowledge <laughs> them. <laughs> like, I, I bet you there's like a hundred, and we're just like, who? Sorry. Um, just like Teresa, I will not acknowledge my nephew or the other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can help us out a lot by rate reviewing and subscribing. Essentially, what that does, especially if you give us five stars is it gets us out in the podcast ether and helps other people find us because you never know who else needs to hear a sexy Australian voice. Is that how, is that what we're going with now? Sexy Australian voices? I, I don't know how, how much I'm feeling that. I mean, Moshi, it's called From the Lower Level for a reason. Yeah, down under, mate. <laughs> um, and you can also follow us on Instagram at From the Lower Level Pod. We're really shit with the content, we know, but we have day jobs and they take a lot out of us. So the fact that we're giving you this podcast, just be grateful. (laughs) No, honestly, we're the grateful ones. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in two weeks.
Moshi, before this podcast gets any worse, I will speak to you very soon. I'm coming back with another face when we do our podcast. Like, I feel like I need a facelift while we're away. It's very housewives of me. Ooh, I can't wait to see your teeth settle. Oh, my teeth, they'll be years before they settle. (laughs) And on that note, bye, everyone. Goodbye, Moshi. Thank you.